It is Wednesday, the 22nd day of June, 2022. That's right. I said Wednesday. Um, I said to myself this morning, self, why are you so beholden to the Thursday at 9 a.m. episode time when no one really gives a fuck? Well, self, that's a good point. Uh, Sure, the Friday drop didn't work at all. The last episode, Friday, it was a Friday. Nobody fucking listened to it. I mean, look, nobody listens to this show anyway, but it was less than usual. Which I don't understand. Like, is Friday that busy for you bums that you can't listen to this shit? Probably shouldn't call you bums, but... Um, whatever. If you, if you missed it, you missed a good episode. At least I thought it was good. What the hell do I know? Uh, anyways, yeah, Wednesday, the 22nd day of June 2022, and I would like to apologize right off the top because apparently my microphone uh, does not work. I am using my uh, Logitech headset. I had to uh, test the settings multiple times as it tends to be very loud. So if it's loud, I apologize. You know, I don't really care that much. I do care, though, you know. Uh, So, you know, I take a week off, I come back. And here I am, nothing fucking works. But I'm back with uh, less crap than usual as I'm thrilled to share an interview with friend of the show and New York City-based comic Alden Sewell. I would venture a guess that adding New York City-based comic adds a shred of cachet to this, does it not? It's not wrong, even if he is, by his own admission, quote, an open mic comic, End quote. I'm sticking with New York City-based comic because it'll look pretty good in the pod description. Um, so, you know, shitty audio throughout this fucking god-awful nonsense. Uh, also have massive news uh, in regards to AP Dave. Uh, a bit more on the uh, Live Golf Tour, including the debut of my <laughs> really fucking terrible uh, Live Golf song. <laughs> uh, that's all right here, right now. On a poorly recorded episode number 122 of Complaints and Observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. All right, what's up? How are you? Um, let me apologize again for the shitty audio. Hopefully next week it'll work. I doubt it. I do doubt it. My guess is that this that the $25 mic has shit the bed. I mean, I guess what do you want for 25 bucks, right? So we might have to roll with the headset for a little while because, as you know, I am gainfully unemployed. Um, What did I want to talk about? Oh, I mentioned big news for AP Dave. 
Um, friend of the show, Ben Sultan, who was on a few weeks ago. Um, one of the things that we didn't get to, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but apparently Ben has been on two game shows, which didn't really surprise me because he is an unbelievably interesting human being. Well, it turns out now Dave is going to be on one of those <laughs> game shows. The thing of it is, right, uh, thinking of Dave on a game show has me laughing hysterically. That, you know, it's not going to be you know, a ton of people that watch this, but it'll be, you know, your standard <laughs> middle American, uh, you know, housewives or grandmothers or what have you. <laughs> uh, people lying in hospital beds and with uh, very little options. <laughs> Doctors and dentist offices. Uh, that's, it's just too funny. It honestly is too funny. And, and I love it because I know he's going to do a good job, but it's just fucking hilarious to me. Uh, the show is, is, uh, you bet your life. It's a reboot of the classic. You bet your life, except now it's hosted by Jay Leno, uh, accompanied by his ever present sidekick, Kevin Eubanks. Very funny. Like I'm, I'm apparently it's going to air in the fall. And Dave said he wants to be on the show uh, after <laughs> after it comes out. Uh, don't ask me where to find it. I think it's a syndicated program. And so uh, I'm not 100% sure where you would find it. If I had to guess, it would probably be in the morning um, on like on NBC. Because I think NBC is like still the only... Well, no, I shouldn't say that because CBS shows... But they show Price is Right and um, the... Uh, what's the other one? Not press your luck. Jesus Christ. The one that fucking Wayne Brady hosts now. Jesus Christ. That one. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, honestly, he sent me a text the other day. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be on, on, on the game show. It's like, oh my fucking Christ. The world exposed to AP Dave. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. I know it's going to be really good. I know, like I said, I know he's going to do a good job, so. Uh, big news, so keep your eyes peeled uh, sometime in the fall, I guess. But um, anyways, so that was that. That's a, that's a great way to start the program, huh? <clears throat> I'm sorry, you're going to hear every sniffle, cough, hack for the, the entire episode. Uh, yeah, because, you know, that's what happens when your microphone doesn't work. You're stuck with, you know, I've, I've got the, uh, the actual mouthpiece hovering like around my eyes so that I'm not yelling into it. Oh, smacking. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm the fucking worst. What am I doing? Oh, Christ. Um, oh, Jesus. I'm trying to put my glasses back on. Oh, my God. Um, all right. What else do you want to talk about? So, <clears throat> let's talk about Live Golf real quick. I hope you did catch the uh, not an episode. Um, where I had a, a cavalcade of stars on to to discuss uh, Live Golf. Connor, Joe, Tim, and AP Dave made an appearance. He did talk about the French Open briefly, for some weird fucking reason. Um, Live Golf is is the is the hot topic du jour here in the sports world in the summertime because, quite frankly, baseball is boring. Uh, the Red Sox stink. I, I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what my friends tell me, specifically Matt. Uh, Trevor's story stinks. That team stinks. They're not going to do anything. 
I say not going to do anything, but they'll make the playoffs and probably end up in the fucking LCS because that's the way things go when I make bad predictions, right? Um, but the Yankees are a fucking wagon, an absolute wagon. They're, they're hovering on like 27 Yankees, the 1927 Yankees territory. They're that fucking good. And it pains me to say that, but holy fuck, they are. They're ridiculously good. And the Mets are good too. So I'm really hoping that it's a Mets-Yankees World Series and then nobody wins. So Live Golf, uh, yesterday, um, Brooks Kepka left. Well, I shouldn't say left. Because, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen if the PGA has suspended him yet. I'm not sure. But Brooks Kepka is now a member of the Live Tour. Uh, and he'll be playing in, I think it's Portland this weekend, in their what amounts to exhibition golf. I, I, I watched uh, Rich Eisen's uh, podcast, Rich Eisen's show, and he was talking about it. And, and it's like, it's essentially exhibition golf. 54 holes, no cuts, team format. It's It feels like a fucking video game. It's stupid. With a bunch of dudes you don't know uh, and a ton of uh, Saudi Arabian money. Now again, look. The thing that comes up, it's tough to say no. You know, when they come up to these guys and offer them boatloads of cash, it's got to be very difficult for them to say no. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. But how much are your morals worth? There has to be a number. I would like to think that, you know, I I will never be put in that position. If the Saudis called me tomorrow and said, Dave, we want to have your podcast be the official podcast of something. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably say no because I'm that guy. You know, I'm, I'm that guy, right? I'm the guy who's, who's gonna like, not, I don't want to say feign morality, but I don't know if I would be able to live with myself if, if, if that was the case at the same time, right? And this is where it gets very gray. There's, there's filthy money everywhere. So no matter where you are, no matter where you get your money from, there's probably some element of filth in there, right? If I had to guess. So it, it sort of leaves you in a in a real quandary. Which filth are you willing to accept? How much are your morals worth? But as has become uh, custom, I think I've done it three or four times, but whenever someone else is announced as a new member, of the live tour, I have to tweet out, uh, "Give me that blood money," and it got me thinking. <laughs> Actually, uh, scrap that. <laughs> I listened to it again, and it's fucking terrible, and it's unbelievably loud. I don't know why it's so fucking loud. Oh God, I am so fucking bad at this. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right, fuck it. Let's move on. Listen, um, I am, you'll, you'll hear it, you know, in my intro, but I'm very excited to welcome, um, my interview this week. Stick around, listen to it. It's very interesting. We, we get into a couple of different things. Um, you know, specifically we talk about, you know, how we, how Alden got into, uh, stand-up comedy. Um, you know, we talk about the Celtics, um, in the beginning, we get his opinion on that, and we get into some other things. We do, you know, DBA. We talk about New York City a little bit too, which is interesting. So, I thought it was a great conversation. 
Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I hope to have him on again uh, in the future. But, um, yeah, stick around, listen, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks. Okay, see you in a bit. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, another in the uh, ever-growing conga line of former Wayfair co-workers to subject themselves to this crap. Uh, I'm thrilled to welcome to the program uh, as interesting a person as I've met, and certainly one of the funniest, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alden Sewell. Alden, please allow me to welcome you formally to uh, Complaints and Observations, uh, the worst podcast on earth. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yeah, no, it's a it's a pleasure to be on here. I've only seen, you know, I was wondering if we would ever, if I would have ever been on here if Twitter didn't exist. You know, I don't think you and me would have ever been able to been able to communicate. Um, yeah, probably not. I mean, I, so I guess that's, you know, one good thing for Twitter is that uh, it brought us together. So thank you, Twitter. Greatly appreciated. Um, so kind of speaking of Twitter, one of the things that we uh, talked about, um, went back and forth and that I seen you tweet a little bit was about the Celtics. So let me just get your quick sort of, hey, this is what I thought of the Celtics sort of uh, season review, and then, um, you know, uh, how you felt the finals went. The season, you know, I'd probably give the season review amazing, right? Like it was nothing I would have imagined. And I am, I'm a, like a big, what am I? I'm this uh, negative fan. So like, I want people fired immediately. I want people traded immediately. Like even, even after the finals game, I was like, maybe we don't even need Jason Tatum. So I think I I tried to be a little less negative on the on the playoffs. All it right. just hurt, you know. At the end of the day, yeah. they got my hopes up, and I told myself I wasn't going to get my hopes up. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt the same way, just basically because I thought, you know, the the team went healthy and went playing correctly, and not turning the fucking ball over eighty five thousand times. That you know, they were the better team. So it kind of pissed me off. But that was. The weird part, has Jalen Brown never known how to dribble or was this something that just happened? I, you know, I honestly, I think it was like a just happened thing. It has to be because <laughs> I, I never noticed it. I mean, did you, clearly you didn't notice it if you just asked me that. So yeah, my guess, his, like, his sliding around and like his big steps, like I do remember that. And, and I've got to be honest, I start watching around like December or uh, maybe like November. Uh-huh. Um but I don't remember that being this bad and the whole team just not being able to control it. And I get it. Bright lights. You're nervous, but that was um, fucking weird to be honest. It's a good way to put it. Fucking weird. Cause that's pretty much, I mean, that's what I thought too, especially again, I, I just thought um, the moment kind of caught up to them. I think they were honestly, I think they're all gassed and it's a shitty excuse. I think the whole team was just flat out gassed. Yeah, I can get that. Two game sevens. And what's the furthest the uh, Warriors went? They went 4-1 with the Nuggets. Then they go uh, to the game. I think they went five with Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and, they, didn't, they didn't play nearly yeah. as many games. Exactly. And they're just, I mean, at the end of the day, it what it is cool to see is that I do think, I got in an argument with someone that they'll put Steph in their top five now. And I'm like, Man, I, I I thought I thought he was close to top five before this. So I, I oh really, I don't know what it is about him. I can't. 
it's it's not that I don't think he's great because I think he is, but all this top five business is just I don't know. It's it's a little much. I mean, if you want to say you know top five shooter, top three shooter, pure shooter, ever, okay. he's up there for sure, probably number one. Yeah, but I mean, just in terms of you know top five player of all time, I don't know. Maybe top ten when he's done. You know what? Well, Look, I'll be that asshole. Win one more, and then I'll say he's top ten. It's always that. I was just gonna say it's always yeah. it's always if he gets me another one. Yeah, I just feel like all the rings were even though this is his first, and that kind of pissed me off too. I don't even think this should have been his uh, finals MVP. I actually think it should have been like. I didn't look at all the stats, but like maybe Wiggins. I don't know, but yeah, I mean Wiggins. I mean Wiggins was solid throughout the entire series, whereas Steph had a couple of clunkers. But he had, I mean, shit. Like Game Six was huge. Game yeah, four, four was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two was huge. So I mean, he, you know, it's it was easy to to make him the MVP just because it's him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, all right, you probably could have picked somebody better. Who knows? I still think I'd give him – I'm putting him in my top ten of all time. I, I would put him as my number one shooter. And if he wins another one, then I'm definitely putting him up there with, like, LeBron, MJ. I put him up there. Wins five rings, this many threes, leading this kind of team. And when you really think about it, too, like, this series or this playoffs, I thought Draymond was good. Like this was the first he time was, and that pissed me off because you know what it is. I don't dislike the guy. I, you know, I hated him in this series, but you know, I don't dislike the guy. He's just he's such a perfect villain, you know. He is. Uh, for literally any team that plays against him, just perfect. He's, yeah, he just I don't know. I fucking he was awesome. He really was. He was terrific, and except for uh, what was the game? one game one he sucked but other than that i want him to go down as like uh well the problem is no one else like christian leitner right like everyone hated him i think there are people who hate boston equally as much as they hate draymond so there were people who you know are rooting like christian leitner is probably what a top four or five villain of all time i feel like draymond could go down he's just that so poor good kid. At- <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, that poor kid was just, he was cursed. He, hey, he played for Duke and, you know, he happened to, he was on the dream team by accident. That was yeah. it. And people fucking hated him for that. I never understood it because he's such like a quiet dude. But he's like, yeah, I fucking hate Christian Leitner. Fuck him. He sucks. I still think that shot was late, but that's just me. I've heard uh, that. I've heard that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bold take. I. It's also like I forgot he played eleven seasons. Uh, Christian Leitner like stuck around, of, mm, stuck around a little bit, yeah, and like I believe absolutely. Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think he he played eleven years for them. I don't know. I think he went somewhere else after like his fifth or sixth year. I don't know. I I didn't really keep tabs on Leitner's career <laughs> post college, but uh, but anyway, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so one of the things that I, I definitely wanted to pick your brain about just because I find it so fascinating. So, uh, back in the day after, um, you no longer worked for, uh, for Wayfair, you mm-hmm. decided to dip your toes into the water of stand up comedy. Now I've never been, uh, I've never had the illusion that I was funny enough to do stand up. I have zero issues with public speaking or 
any of that stuff. So that part would, would come easy to me. So I'm very, very curious. And I've always asked people that have been in this, in that sort of medium, like what, what was it that said to you one day, shit, this is, I would like to try this. And then at the same time, you know, your first impression of it when you got up on stage for the first time. And it's sort of a loaded question, I know, but yeah. Like that. yeah. So if we were to really take it like, like to look at me, it was probably a little bit of boredom. Like I was sitting at Wayfair. I was, you know, uh, 20, uh, I don't know, three, four or five, like in that range, mm-hmm. you know, working at, you know, you know how Wayfair is working just Every, so hard nine to five oh, really, God, I mean, just, just an absolute grind Bloody you know knuckles. a lot of people talk about goldman sachs and finance but oh, way please. Fair, they've never they've never tried to sell metal stools to pizza joints in fucking des moines before so <laughs> exactly so i would get out of work and i kind of just was trying to do something i think i even tried to start a podcast i wanted to do something sort of creative and then i did open mics um and it was a slow start and it still is slow, right? Like I've moved around, COVID, help, COVID didn't help. I live in New York City now, so this has definitely helped. Oh, but, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's easier here. But to get back to your original question, it was a boredom thing. I was like, let me try it. And what really happened is I had one or two good sets in those first five or six months that mm-hmm. was like, gave me the confidence to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, that I'm like, oh, I could actually, you know, keep trying this. And and even if I have a bomb, I remember I had a really bad one, maybe on my, maybe on my fourth, like fourth or fifth time, but I had already had a couple laughs before. So it didn't hurt. You know, if I, if that had been my first time, I'd probably be like, well, I'm not doing that again. You know, that's the kind oh, of wow. work that I have, you know? Wow. It was that bad? Well, it probably wasn't, but I think we need to really get back to the crux of why am I give up a lot, right? So I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I'm just, I would have just been like, well, I'm not gonna do that again. So that, that was fun. Um, so yeah, so I did it, and then you, your second part of your question, what was that? Ah, uh, fuck if I can remember now, but what it felt like so, to get up there. Yeah, so your first impressions of like what it when you first got up there, in your impression of hey. I'm, I'm doing this now. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious of the mindset that you had that first time. The mindset I had the first time was like, okay, I practiced a couple of these jokes. What I didn't think I would, what I, I'll tell you, the mindset was, hey, I'm funnier than, these are just open mic people who I've seen, who I haven't seen any of, but I'm like, I can, I'm, my jokes are equally or as good as these open mic comics. So Let's get up there, like just hit the delivery on time mm. and get off the stage, basically. So there was a lot of nervousness. One yeah. thing that I did not anticipate was this. You said you do public speaking. So I've always wondered this when you're doing a presentation or any public speaking mm-hmm. is like that little half a second or maybe even less of rushing, which you really can't do in oh, right. stand up. And you can't even do it when you're presenting or doing any public speaking, right? The minute you start to, I don't know, not take a breath or speed up, it ruins the whole joke. I would argue more than more than even presenting, but it it, it was something I didn't know and I still struggle with today. I went up a couple of weeks ago and bombed because, hey, the jokes probably sucked, but uh, the the 
I was rushing. The cadence wasn't there. You know, the flow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's funny because one of the things that I was always taught in sales is that, you know, that, that sort of built in pause uh, is very helpful to try to get the, the other person talking. So it's it sort of with, with public speaking, at least, you know, for me, I, I love that pregnant pause. I think it's like, especially if, if you're about to say something important or if you're about to make a joke, I think it's great because it lets people kind of sit there and anticipate what it is that you're going to say. I always thought that was really cool. Well, you do a really good job on this podcast for the ones that I've listened to of pause. Do you edit this after with, okay. So the pauses are your natural cadence then, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think, oh, here's a good one. When you're with a group of people you don't know, do you have any problem with it being silent? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, and, and part of it, I'm sort of looking for that because when yeah. it comes, it's very strange. My feelings, like anytime I have a microphone in my hand, I can, I'll talk all fucking night long. I just, I don't know what it is, but like, give me a microphone and I, I'll, I'll talk about anything for as long as you want. I'm, I'm just that kind of person. But if, if I'm in a room with a bunch of people, I don't know, completely fucking different. I mean, I'll, I'll clam up. I won't, I won't sort of um, like the, the, the pauses and the, in the silence, it doesn't bother me. It's just, I won't be the first person to sort of jump in and break, break the silence. You know what I mean? So I'm the opposite is I'm always trying to break the silence or I'm always trying to, and it's, and it's gotten negative. I think when you're with groups of people you don't know, the yeah. funniest one is usually the one who's talking maybe like 20% of the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not the guy who's monopolizing the conversation like I sometimes do sure. and, um, and, and trying to get into every beat. The whole point of that pause and that beat is, is so crucial to comedy within social settings or within a podcast or on stage you know what i mean yeah. and that's kind of yeah. going back to the original. so when you're on stage right and let's say uh, so you're doing you're doing an open mic you know what it is you know your set you know the jokes you want to make and let, let's say something happens in the room that sort of you know catches you off guard i mean it is are, are you the type of of guy that's able to sort of you know react to that thing quickly and make a joke out of it or are you sticking to your set and like and that's it um lately so there was a huge pause throughout COVID, obviously where i was yeah. doing some virtual events and mm-hmm. and now in new york city um i have seen this happen a couple of times and i've tried to pivot yeah. um maybe do i don't know quote unquote crowd work but it's it's it gives you a real appreciation of the people who can do it. Like, what's this guy talking about? You know what I mean? But yes, I do try to pivot because I feel that it's like, it's awkward to keep talking about. I mean, if someone yells something or yeah. stands up or, or ignores you and you keep going on about what's the deal with airplane food, you know what I mean? It's just like, well, are we not going to address that thing in the room? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I get it from an open mic standpoint or people who are trying it out like myself and keep practicing you want to just get your five out and see how it goes, right? Yeah. Oh. Kind of differs. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I find, again, I, I, I think it's such an interesting concept and it, 
it's not so much like to get the the first time and getting up and trying it's the continuation and, and trying over and over and over again to try to make sure that you know you're fine I, I and i find that part fascinating it's very interesting to me so you so you're you're in new york city now are you doing are you are you still doing open mics are you doing scheduled appearances what is it that you you're doing no i still so i that's and that goes back to what you're talking about like <laughs> I saw a guy like seven months ago when I did an open mic, right? And then like a couple weeks ago, I saw him again. And he had already improved light years ahead mm. because he's like going every night, right? He's busting oh, his no ass. Shit. Oh, now, wow. now, this guy probably doesn't have a buck to his name, right? Like this mm. guy, this guy is doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have a house, doesn't like this is his job. This is what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sick, and I applaud that. Yeah. But this goes back to my work ethic. I'm just like simply not good, <laughs> and, and and it's almost bad. So like, I it's a hobby for me, which makes sure. it even harder to go up every time, right? Uh, Going up next okay. week, and it it becomes what would be the real thing because I'm going up next week with some buddies, right? I'm going up next next uh, Wednesday, okay. and I should be going up this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then when I'm with my buddies and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work a joke from Tuesday in and something I did Thursday, and I've only been that really um, routine with it once in my life. But you know, then COVID and then New York and not having a bunch of people. So that's a long-winded answer to tell you. Like, you get what do you get? You get like it's just hard to get up there, and you just stop yeah. doing things. I mean, <laughs> I had a podcast. I did ten pod ten episodes, and then I didn't do it anymore. I I almost commend you here, like doing your own podcast does it become in the beginning was it hard to get back on the bike or anything you know what i mean no because i again it kind of goes back to what i said where i just thoroughly enjoy having a microphone so it's you know it, it would be a little bit different if i had a you know an, a, like a, an actual niche or an actual sort of theme behind the show other than just hey i'm just a random guy talking about random shit you know it's I think it would be a little bit different because everybody I've talked to that has had a podcast, it's like, oh, you know, it's so hard to do this. It's okay. Well, because you narrowed your, you, you, you know, you thought you were going to be a millionaire doing a fucking podcast on, I don't know, chocolate or some shit. And, and so yeah. it's not going to happen. And so then after 10 episodes, you're out of material. So, I mean, my thing is, you know, I just talk about shit that happens to me and like everyday sort of, you know, kind of things. And, my hope, I don't. When I started, I I thought, okay, I'd like to to try to find some like-minded people that would listen to the show. And, and in my mind, it was like, who the hell doesn't have something to complain about? Everybody fucking complains. It's just how you know. It's just the way of life. But it hasn't really taken off like I thought it was. I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, I love doing it. Like, it, but I only you know I'm doing it honestly. I'm doing it for an audience of one, and it's me. Yeah. And so. I kind of look at it that way. It's like, all right, until I get bored with hearing myself do it, I'm just going to keep doing it because I like doing it. And that's, I mean, God, not to be, now I, I had a bit about corny things to say, but that is, that's like the only way that you can continue to do it is yeah. if you're doing it for yourself because we're yeah. going to, you're going to be screwed as if you're in, I like that niche thing you're saying too, is if you can't just do it about chocolate for 15 episodes unless unless maybe you absolutely fucking love chocolate and it's and, only and, for you to talk about chocolate right 
Exactly. And if that's the case, then fine, have at it. Talk all the chalk that you want. Uh, but I mean, to sit there and think that, oh, okay, I'm going to talk French chocolates this week and next week, Dutch chocolates. I'm going to find yeah. a chocolatier who runs a tiny store in fucking Back Bay or some shit. And yeah. Like, you know, get them on the show and talk. And, you know, you're going to get bored of listening to yourself at some point. So, my, I would just kind of tie it into stand up then. I would imagine that if you get, and I don't know if this is right, but if you get bored of jokes that are maybe not, maybe not the jokes that caught that hit every time, but maybe you have a joke that you know isn't bad, but it, you know, it, it, it hits sometimes, it hits depending on where you are, depending on the time of day, whatever. I, now, does that sort of affect your mindset when you get up there? Okay, I know this joke worked last time when I was in Brooklyn, or I know that this joke worked, you know, yesterday when I was fucking around, I don't know, somewhere else. Yeah. Um, how does that sort of play into it? No, but it, it doesn't affect it because if, if it's funny, what I need to do better of is, is writing those kind of further sentences maybe so no it doesn't affect it what has affected it is that your time the way i the way my life is or Mm -hmm. you know say my life's going well i truly Mm -hmm. believe that you you're sometimes affected your your comedy right like i'm not 24 years old getting blackout drunk anymore so my comedy is not about that i'm like you know so sometimes what will happen to me i used to make a joke to my girlfriend i'm like i got a girlfriend i'm not funny anymore and yeah i mean obviously she didn't (laughs) love that that's funny though so but there i i feel like i'm more affected by that like my outside life going well or my job's going well whereas the therapy of comedy is like if i go through something bad i'm like god i can't wait to go on stage and do more self-deprecating things you know yeah. and that probably comes from my humor where it's making fun of myself i'm not really sure. i don't know enough about subjects to be that you know i'm not i'm not a good political comic i don't know enough about relationships i kind of avoid any of the pc subjects like i don't really mm-hmm. go into <clears throat> gender or anything like that so i'm just like about myself so yeah. i i if if life's going well <laughs> You don't have shit, right? Your material sure. sucks. So you're like, sure. It's almost counterintuitive. Like, I should go on a fucking bender or something so I can get some material. But uh, I don't that know. Makes, if that's, uh, that's what that it That makes sense to me, though, honestly. Yeah. Um, hmm. So now, when you're when you're writing material, and I'm I'm sorry if this is devolved into sort of the, you know, on the breakdown. Hour, no, I like it. I, I will say everybody it. who listens to this will probably be like, oh, you know, comedy's funny. Comedy's the only thing where you don't have to do it and people still act like you're doing it. Like I feel like I feel like a writer sometimes. Like people will be like, How's stand up? And then it'll be like three months since I've gone up and I'll be like, eh, it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like who knows? But be, well, like- but at the same time, I, I and correct me if I'm wrong here too. It's like even if even if it had been three months since you'd gone up it's still sort of kicking around in your head every now and again where something happens and you're like, fuck, that'd be, you know, that would make a good joke. And I don't know if you, do you keep track of shit? Do you write stuff down? Is that how you typically like come up with your material where you just, I don't know, you're having a conversation with your girlfriend or you're having a conversation with a customer or something comes up and you just, you know, you write it down. Is that where you typically get your material or is, do you literally, are you one of these guys that sits down and just tries to like write jokes? 
I've tried to do it both ways, but most of the time it's just, I write it on my notes app. Yeah. I've tried to write it as reading after like, um, Mark Norman and Jerry and mm-hmm. uh, there's some there's some really big comics. Uh, Norm Macdonald used to write word for word, which yeah. that's blows my mind. Blows yep. my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried to do it word for word, and it's never really it's never really gone there. Usually, I should be a little more structured. There's a there's a comic who a stand-up comic who I started with who's like doing a lot better than me his name is Brian Consolas he's actually on Twitter he like follows us a little bit he writes more like uh like full pages of jokes there was a time in his life where he used to bring him on stage he doesn't do that anymore but he like writes full pages and this is like not word for word but sentence for sentence so that structure I wonder if is is helpful I don't know the answer would be oh, is he on is he on the spectrum somewhere because that seems like that that just seems like uh the amount of detail that would go into that yeah i think it's got to be a nerves thing in the beginning right absolutely like he, doesn't, he doesn't do it anymore and he kills it oh, so yeah. um uh, i wonder i wonder what that is about i would i and so but it, it can be different for me one time i when I was in my first one here in New York, mm-hmm. I wasn't living here at the time, but I did a stand up with a buddy and uh, I didn't write anything. And I was just, I forgot about how big the crowds were here just for open mics. And he was like, oh, yeah, really? we're gonna get up here. And I was like, oh shit, dude, there's like a lot of people here. Like, and i kind of <laughs> forgot all my jokes and tried to, tried oh, to go no. stuff and bomb. Oh, and man. I was like, I gotta write my shit down a little bit more. You know what I mean? Is that frowned upon now? Like if you if you bring your notes on stage, is that is that frowned upon at all, or is that fine? I think it would be frowned upon. Stand up sucks, right? Like there's also like a falling in and out of all the stand up. Like the worst part about open mics, if you've ever attended them, is that every single person is just waiting to hear themselves talk. No one's listening to the comic. Exactly. No one's no one's there to watch comedy no no everyone's there everyone is there to literally perform no one's there to actually listen to anything you Maybe would the, be like the host might yeah. be the only person who's actually listening to everyone whereas everybody else is literally just there waiting their fucking turn you'd be better off going to like a spoken poetry forum and be like hey i'm gonna do a little comedy here and they'd be like that's not acceptable and doing it anyways because people people are actually listening i mean yeah the amount of times like i've done this i'm a culprit like i'll go up no before i go up i'll listen a couple times then i'll start drinking and Mm -hmm. i'll be talking and then maybe i'll think of something i'm gonna put in and write it in or uh, if it's a current event and someone talks about it too much, I'll be like, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Right? Oh. And then, so I'll cross it off. So I'm not listening to the, the, the open micers. So that's even worse, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's the worst part about it. Mark. It's such a weird, uh, I don't even really want to call it an industry. I mean, I guess it is, but it's almost like a fraternity. It's a weird sort of fraternity of weird people doing weird shit and no one and correct me if i'm wrong but i i would imagine at some point that you know people other comics start to like you but at the same time you're always sort of suspicious of other comics am i am i wrong in that assumption no you're totally right and i think and i think where you see it once again 
to just stress this to the audience of one that we're talking to, right? <laughs> I'm an open, I'm an open mic comic, right? So that's a different industry than real comedians, but you can see it yeah. with real comedians. I have this big problem with comics like getting pissed that they got canceled for a joke, right? Mm-hmm. When when and I know everyone is on the side of like you can't cancel it, you can't go to a comedy show and get offended. It's like, well, maybe these jokes shouldn't be so fucking shitty. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that it should be completely PC and that stuff, right. but I just don't understand. The most sensitive people I've ever met are comics. Comics. That and that see, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. So sensitive. I've never met a, a group of people who are more upset oh, i can say what i want they get it they're, they're, yeah and it's probably because they have some sort of trauma they're not dealing with and their therapy is to go on stage yes. but it's just yeah it's very weird it's a very weird group of people you know what i mean it is so crazy that is honestly it's just the funniest thing it uh wow all right um you mentioned you're living in the city now i'm fascinated that's another thing i i, I love new york city um love it there. you'd go with love you do like oh yeah Oh yeah. yeah. I, I love New York city. I am a big fan. The, the thing with New York city to me is you're it's impossible to be bored in New York city. Although you kind of have to be, you know, well off at the same time, but you'll never get bored if you live in New York city. Am I, am I crazy in that? Assumption? No, you're totally right. I mean, I could, I could go out after this and, and you can and- do, you can do something different every single fucking night for a year, literally, and still have probably another six months to a year of shit to do yeah. and never repeat the same thing twice. The only the only problem is it's mainly well, not a problem. Depends what you're into. It's mainly focused, and I'm not and I do the the museum and non-booze bag things too, but like it is yeah. mainly focused around drinking and eating. Well, yeah. Let's yeah. eat. Let's eat. Let's have a drink. And that's fine. I mean, honestly, it's two things I love, eating and drinking. So it works out nicely. And so, you know, to me, that I mean, and I haven't I didn't even touch on that part. Like the different kinds of food that you could eat in that city. It blows my mind. I live in a I live in the suburbs of Boston where we're we're in East Bridgewater. We're like I don't know, 40 minutes south of the city. Yeah. There is nothing here. When I say there's nothing here, there's literally nothing here. So to me, the thought of being in the city, it, and even like Boston's one thing where, you know, I don't dislike Boston, but given the choice, if I if I had to choose between, li- you know, living in Boston or living in New York City, I live in New York. Just because of this, 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 Okay, but a couple things you're missing. A, the dirtiness of New York is super. It is dirty, but that's to me, it's part of the charm. You know, <laughs> it, it's like that's what Boston used to be, though. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, like I remember vividly, uh, we went on a field trip in high school. This is 1996, right? We got right. off the bus in Boston, and what do we, you know, a whole bunch of us, the first fucking place we go is the remnants of what used to be the combat zone. There was only like yeah. a handful of things left, but. We got down there, like downtown crossing was a fucking disaster. It was a shithole. And where so are you now, going for this field trip? It was like, oh, Freedom Trail. Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Freedom Trail. Yeah, yeah, Bullshit. Exactly. You know, exactly. so we just walked around the city and it was yeah. like 
you know, hit a bunch of like dumb kids from the suburbs. They drop us off in the middle of, you know, town and like, hey, make sure you're back here by two o'clock. Yeah, okay, sure. See ya. <laughs> yeah, sure. See you later. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and it was filthy. It was gross. And so, like, my comparison in thinking about what Boston was then to what New York is now, which mm. the first time I went to New York City was probably around the same time, like 98, I think. You know, and it was definitely dirty. And I would imagine, I you know, the la- I think it was the last time I was there. Oh, my God. A buddy of mine used to live on West 75th Street. And we went out there, I think, like three or four times just to hang out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's like filthy is not the word I would use. I would use like it's a dirty city, like L.A., dirty city. Uh, yeah, I would like, use filthy for L.A. See, that's the thing. I, I think it depends on your your level of acceptable filth. Yeah, true, true. That's that's, and that goes back, that goes back to everything and any choice you make in life. Sure, of course. And so now, how did you end up there? It's just you decided to move there. Yeah, I got a job in downtown New York, and always wanted to live here. I was also like you, or yeah. am like you, that the food, the boredom. I mean, I've been here for two years or a year. It'll be two. It'll be two. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's it's cool that uh, you you're never bored. You can always meet whoever you want. You can go out whenever you want. You can get anything you want to eat. Yeah. It's I, the I'm still enamored when I walk out of the subway. I'm still enamored walking down the street. I went to Home Depot the other day for something from the house. Actually just to be quite straight, I, I elbowed a wall in my, and I have a hole in my wall. Classic. So I'm in a, I'm in a small apartment here. The point being is uh, I went to Home Depot and I was just enamored at how many people there were. I kept saying, I go, there's so many people here. There's so many people. I didn't even know, I didn't even know there was a Home Depot in New York City. Dude, I fucking love Home Depot. People, people do not give Home Depot enough credit. Listen, I, so every time my wife and I go to Lowe's, right, I, uh, I turn into a completely different person and I know nothing about, I'm the most mechanically inept person on earth. So I walk into Lowe's and I have no idea how any of this shit works. So I turn into the biggest asshole. And so any, any, oh, because it drives me, I'm like one of these, I'm such a, like a stupid control freak that if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm intolerable. Just, just, no one can handle you. Just, oh no, <laughs> no. And now, so right now I'm unemployed. So what I'm, I'm trying to like be useful around the house so like i'm doing a, like a ton of yard work and so i i go to lowe's and but it's like okay i know exactly what i need i go i go in there it's a four minute trip in out I'm, i can't walk around i can't mill about because i really? lose my mind oh it drives me crazy now are you losing crazy. your mind you're not so so to your to your own admittance you're not losing your mind due to the boredom or you don't like it you're mad that the people, the society has has created things such as tools and mechanical operational <laughs> things that you don't know how to work. So well, you simply won't have it. 
That's right. Yeah. Man decided that pools were a thing. So now I'm angry about it. And, uh, and, and I'm going to be an asshole to my wife for the 40 yeah. minutes that were in there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. See, yep. I'm on the other, I'm on the other end where I'm like looking at I, everything I see in Home Depot. I think I could, I think I need, I'm like, Oh my God, there's, I live in a small one bedroom uh, apartment. Right. I, I, you can't, you and me can't fit in the kitchen together. We couldn't breathe. Right. And we, I want, I see like a patio furniture set. I'm like, I think I could get that. That would be a really good thing to have later on in life. So I'm just in there looking at everything that I want one day. In one home. day, one, one day. day. Yeah. So now obviously the, the track for, you know, being in your twenties in New York city is that eventually you become successful at whatever job that you're doing and then you move to New Jersey. Is that typically how it works? <laughs> That's typically how it works. Yeah. Um, I'm already behind on that track because I'm 30 now and people are like, you should move to New Jersey. I'm like, I'm not moving to fucking New Jersey. Why? Fucking. For what? Why would you exactly. move to New Jersey? I don't If understand. anything, I'd like to stay here for like two more years and leave. Then go to yeah. California again. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. California. Well, See, I, I, I spent a week in Los Angeles and I was like, okay, that's enough. I never need to go back. I kind of like that. I'm like that with Boston. I don't ever need to go back there. I've no. seen it. I've done it. I've been there. Even like, like I've done. Hmm. Where are you from originally? New Hampshire. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's different. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Would you ever go back to New Hampshire? For the sales tax, I guess, maybe, right? No income tax. You know what's funny? I was telling I was telling my girlfriend this. It's like I, I everyone's like, Oh, you should live in New Hampshire, no income tax or something like that. I'm like, I don't know enough about anything. I, I'm almost like you. I'm, your lows is my tax code. Like I don't get it really enough to understand everything. I'm like, or I don't care. know. Or to care, am I <laughs> yeah. right? Like right. I just, I give my, I give my uh, bank account number to my employer and they pay me what I think I'm supposed to be paid. And, uh, and that's I'm it. Out. <laughs> yeah. End of discussion. I think that New Hampshire is basically like the Mississippi of New England. It is uh, all, it, it's as if every like redneck and hillbilly that existed in New England eventually moved into New Hampshire. Usually, uh, usually it ha they definitely keep that, that tone. They just have, they've made a little bit of money in their life. So they've moved up here or they're from I up see. here, right? They're mm -hmm. they definitely rednecks, definitely yeah. hillbillies. They're conservative politics. They're crazy. Yeah. Um, I saw that thing you tweeted about the Tennessee mayor with the gun, which oh absolutely God. blew my mind. But anyways, that, that's like someone you would see in New Hampshire. Be like, yeah, oh, that's exactly. a, that's a normal guy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a normal New Hampshire guy. That's my, new, exactly. that's my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, listen, Alden, this has been a, an outstanding conversation. I learned a ton about, um, you know, open mic comic politics and, and how that works. And quite frankly, I was very interested. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on. So selfishly, I learned a lot. I love it. I've always wanted to come on here. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And if you ever want me again, I'll definitely return. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said that you are doing a an open mic next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Where, will, where is that open mic? Old Man Hustle, Brooklyn, New York. So Old Man Hustle. I'm yes. going to pitch that. No one listening to the program will go. But oh, still, I love that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll bring it up at the I'll bring it up at the open mic too. Just to please make sure do. No, one, yeah. no one's there. Yeah. yeah. Just ask, and when everyone looks at you, like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then, uh, but I don't know, have the ability to pivot on. really, and I'm like, don't talk during my show. I need to go on with my five. <laughs> 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 great, yeah, Alden. Thanks so much. It's been great. Yeah. yeah you you'll, you'll I'll I'll be bothering you again. I'm I'm sure because this was good. I love it. Introducing the Noble Wayfarer, my new travel venture, backed by the power of AAA. The Noble Wayfarer will work with you and your family to create a vacation or holiday that will provide lasting memories at the very best price, while also having a dedicated agent to be with you from beginning to end. Cruises, resorts, tours, and all of your travel needs can be met. Find me on Instagram at The Noble Wayfarer and please be a friend, tell a friend about The Noble Wayfarer, inspired by adventure. Okay, uh, as it is Wednesday, it is now time for three gripes. Um, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I thought it was—I thought it was terrific. Hope you enjoyed my cheesy commercial for my new travel venture, the Noble Wayfarer. Please, as I as I said at the end, I ripped off Pat McAfee. Be a friend, tell a friend. Um, check us out on Instagram at the Noble Wayfarer. Now, it is uh, time for some three gripes. Gripe number one: kids' birthday parties. And I stole this line directly from my friend Melissa when she said. What happened to pinata etiquette? So true. Remember when you were a kid and, and somebody had a pinata and after you were done freaking the fuck out that there was going to be a pinata at this birthday party? It used to be an orderly affair with all the kids of the same age as the birthday boy or girl lined up ready to take a whack. Uh, I thought that tributant was a word meaning like a person to whom tribute is being paid. Turns out it's not. Should be because it works. Tributant. Think about it. The linguish ang- the linguish? The linguish language. The linguish anguish. The wait, no. It would be the linguish anguage. <laughs> Ugh God the show stinks. The English language a lot of in there, huh? Uh, seems to think that tributary would work there. But I think it's dead fucking wrong. Uh, anyway, it seems nowadays pinata etiquette is entirely eschewed in favor of mass chaos. Kids of all sizes, shapes, and ages gathering in a semicircle at the ready for when the bat is dropped to the floor. The overly large older brother should not even get to swing until all the smaller children have gone. In other words, last wasn't the case here. At least I don't think it was. I wasn't paying that much of attention, but that much of attention. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview because the rest of the show has sucked. Right? You can say yes. It's fine. You can say yes all the time. What's the matter? It's funny. As, as, as the kids get older, it seems that 
less and less adult hijinks take place. Even though at this particular party a couple weeks ago, I managed to smash my head uh, on, on, on the deck. I was running under the deck with um, one of those Orbeez guns. Have you seen these fucking things? I don't see how those little bullet things are at all safe for anybody, but what can I say? Um, and I'm, you know, shooting my buddy's uh, son <laughs> running under the deck and smashed my dome. It, like, literally still fucking hurts. It's unreal. I shouldn't say it still hurts, but, you know, the uh, the bump has receded. But it used to be that, you know, they were ex- an excuse to get shit-faced. But, you know, when your ass gets old, I guess that's not the case anymore. So it's a real fucking shame, ain't it? I don't know. Gripe number two. <clears throat> Texas. Remember how Texas used to be cool? I do, at least. When I was younger, I thought it was cool. I remember my uncle many moons ago would occasionally travel down there and well, we didn't really see him all that often. For a few years afterward, he would sport a cowboy hat. The man is as Portuguese as they come, and he rocked a fucking cowboy hat. Very odd. But it's pretty cool. Um, beside the point. Nowadays, it seems that Texas has become a punchline to those of us with a fucking clue, and it kind of sucks. The obvious starting point is uh, the shooting in Uvalde, where... The elected officials seem to think that they're, you know, that trying to hide all the evidence is somehow beneficial to them in the long run. I mean, I guess it is if, if they seem to think that people are just going to forget that 19 kids were fucking mutilated in a, sco- in a school. But I mean, it goes on, and it's, and again, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's always one side of the aisle here, which just is no longer a surprise, but. It's almost as if, you know, the, the GOP just tries to shock people into, like, ooh, ooh, what's the new, what's the new fucking boogeyman? Last week it was drag queens, and I think they've probably moved on to something else by now, but, but just in the last couple of weeks, the Texas State uh, GOP has indicated that they want to ban drag queens and ban drag queen shows, uh, because there was one, one or two shows that involved uh, that invited children, so they they thought that uh, somehow all of those drag queens were gay and pedophiles, which is fascinating to me. But whatever. Uh, they also still believe that Donald Trump won. Uh, they hate gays, as I mentioned. They also hate brown people. Don't let them tell you otherwise. And they do want to secede from the union. What? That's Vermont's gig, Texas. Back the fuck off. Okay. In Vermont, thought better of it, because they know, just like you should know, you're not going to sustain an economy um, with you know your current <laughs> your with your current uh, bullshit. I guess it's the best way to put it. Look, the governor is a complete waste of skin. The lieutenant governor, even more so. The attorney general is a fucking moron. The two the two senators, U.S. senators, are so beholden to special interests that. They likely wipe their asses with $100 bills. It's absurd. And look, the problem is that there's 29 million people that live there. I'm sure at least 47% of them are decent humans. At least. Tough to tell since, you know, they don't really say much and probably all live in Austin or play for the Cowboys. But 
wanting to succeed. Succeed? Ugh. Wanting to succeed is funny because these morons can't even keep the lights on. So, what the fuck? What are you doing? Texas. I know a handful of people from Texas. Good people. You know, some of them are weird. But good. Good people. So it's, you know, the whole thing is just strange to me. It's like every day there's something new that Texas is doing, and I can't figure it out. Is it... I wonder if there's like a, a marketing strategy behind the right in Texas where they want to be on the news or they want to be on the internet or they want to be the lead character on Twitter every day. Because that's what it seems like. I, I, don't, uh, I don't understand the logic behind it. But what do I know? I'm just the host of a shitty podcast who literally is serving no purpose at the moment. <laughs> Gripe number three, John Hinckley Jr. Remember that guy? He fucking shot Ronald Reagan. Remember him? Obsessed with Jodie Foster. Anyway, this guy, last week, was, quote, uh, what, no, Jesus, fuck, David, fuck. God, I am so bad. I can't even fucking read today. <laughs> uh, that guy was released from, quote, all court restrictions, end quote. It's like, what? I heard this, and literally, that was my reaction. What? And apparently, he's been sort of in a uh, half state of release for like the last six years or so, where he's lived with his mother, which blew me away, because this dude's 67, his mom is still alive, and like able to have him live there? Like, what the fuck? But like, he had to, like, he couldn't drink, couldn't really go anywhere. Um, anytime he did anything, he had to check in, essentially. So, but he was able to work. <laughs> Somehow he had a job. I don't know if he actually had a job or not, but the, the, the funny part is, it's like, look, he, he pled not guilty for being insane, yet somehow the level of insanity has waned with good behavior. I don't, I, and look, I, I, I am all for rehabilitation. It just seems to me that when you shoot the president, you know, that sort of goes away, right? Like, Jim Brady died eventually because of his injuries sustained by this guy. And just imagine if he was still alive. I haven't seen anything about Jim Brady's, like, you know, relatives or family saying anything, so. The only reason I found out about this is because apparently it's a fucking Twitter account. <laughs> it's like, What? And the Twitter account has 37,000 followers. And he has a YouTube channel showcasing his original music and his artwork. For, and he's had one for a couple of years now. He's got 25,000 subscribers. It's like, fuck. I can't figure out what the hell to do with it. But this 67-year-old dude who tried to off the leader of the free world can. It's like, holy fucking shit, am I dumb. <laughs> Oh, boy. And so once he was, you know, free of all these restrictions, he decided he was going to announce that he was going on a redemption tour. I'm not sure what he's trying to redeem himself from. It's like, buddy, we saw you try to kill the president. There isn't a lot, you know, you can't really come back from that easy. But, you know, the first gig was set to be somewhere in Brooklyn. Uh, seems 
you know, they, they thought better of it. And, and rightfully so, because, uh, you know, here's a guy who tried to kill the president. <laughs> he shouldn't be, uh, you know, touring. God, that, that's, you know, but that's my take. What do I know? Um, what am I? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, so they canceled the gig and, you know, now he's out. He tweeted today, I'm looking for, looking for uh, venues that, uh, that'll host me and not cave to the pressure. It's like, oh boy, I can almost guarantee you where he's going to end up. Texas. Even though, I don't know, who knows. <laughs> that'll do it for the show. Like fucking mercifully. I mean, I only recorded, I don't know, what, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit more. The rest of it was the interview with Alden, and, oof, man, has it been bad. It's been really fucking bad. And it sucks, because my last episode, not the not an episode interview, uh, the previous episode, 121, was pretty good. I thought it was good. If you haven't listened to that, go back, check it out. But if, if you're only here... Because of the interview with Alden. First of all, thank you. Second of all, now you know just how awful this program is. And I implore you to come back each week to check on its uh, awfulness. And then tell your friends and tell your moms. Uh, Alden will be performing uh, next Wednesday at Old Man Hustle in Brooklyn, New York. And if for some weird reason you happen to be both a listener of this program and in Brooklyn, you should stop by Old Man Hustle in Brooklyn. Old Man Hustle. Old Man Hustle Comedy Bar. 39 Essex Street, New York, New York, 10002. They have hot dogs and a full bar. So check it out. Old Man Hustle. Great name for a bar. I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but that's it. So again, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Please go to the, uh, Twitter page that you heard us talking about earlier, uh, at complaints pod and go to the Instagram page at complaints pod. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I can't fucking do anything with, but fucking John Hinckley Jr. A man who tried to assassinate a president can get 24,000 followers by playing truthfully terrible music. Uh, I have a Twitch channel, but I don't know what I'm doing. TikTok, I haven't done anything with. I keep telling myself I'm going to make TikToks, and then I realize that it's, it's, it's not for me. It's, uh, you know, it's not for me. It's out of, I'm, I'm not the target audience for that. Uh, if you feel like calling into the show, 617-657-4736. If you have a complaint or an observation, I ask you to give me a call. Leave a voicemail. Tell me what's on your mind, what's going on. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Show mail at complaintsandobservations.com or all the various methods that I've mentioned previously. For a show that sucks so bad, there's an awful lot of ways to get in touch. If you know anybody that wants to be on the show, you know, I like talking to people. It's fun. I think I'm not terrible at interviews when I don't ramble. I did some rambling today, but, you know, it is what it is. What can you do? Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you as always. Appreciate it. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. 
Godspeed. Ta-ta.